Welcome to Fresh Takes on the Future of Work. We are focused on fresh perspectives from business and HR leaders about the future of work. FRESH is an acronym for freedom, resourcefulness, empathy, simplicity, and happiness. Values core to operating in the future of work. We'll tie back to these while exploring interesting stories and actionable ideas. Thanks for joining us. I'm Jess Pagoni, co-founder and CEO of Luna, a technology platform that enables managers or their companies to offer personalized employment. Our guest today is Catherine Bird, the Chief Administrative and Diversity Officer at Health Partners Plans, or HPP. In her role, Kat is responsible for human resources, learning and development, and diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts across the company. Kat is also a certified life coach for female leaders, an avid runner, and mom to two girls with twins on the way. Kat is the type of leader you hope to work for and aspire to be. Kat, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. All right. Well, it is time for us to get fresh. So we're going to dive right in with our first question, which is, Kat, how do you define the future of work? Yeah, you know, I've been thinking about that a lot as we're planning for 2022. You know, we're deep in strategy planning. And I think the simple words are personalized and authentic. Um, companies are being held to a different level and, and a different expectation from employees, right? Gone are the days where you can, you know, just have an EAP program and check the box or say you have a wellness program or say you offer health benefits and that's enough. Um, I think if anything, COVID has you know, taught us in the last, you know, two years, going on two years, is that people want flexibility. People want to work for a company that makes them feel like they matter and they belong. People want um, it, it to be personalized and they want work to be an extension of their life, not to be their life. And so I think we're really seeing that bar being raised. And so I, I think any company who is not thinking in that direction or in those terms is going to be left behind, particularly with, with the way the market is today. In your experience currently within your organization, are you seeing one or one specific thing rise above the others in terms of request from employees or thing that that you're that people are hoping to see? Yeah, I think flexibility is big. So we were historically a company pre-COVID that did not work from home. We did not have a work from home culture. All 800 of us worked at our office building at 901 Market in the city. And then COVID happened. And we proved that we can go home and we can be even more efficient and we can still serve our members and serve each other and and thrive. I mean, we really did thrive through the pandemic financially and then even from a growth perspective. And so it, it forced us to rethink the way that we schedule, to rethink the way that we hire, to rethink the way that we retain our employees. And we've maintained that flexible work environment. And part of that came from our employee feedback. We've been giving, you know, sending out surveys along the way and people have said, I don't want to go back in the office because I don't see a need to. And so if you're starting to tell me that I have to go back in the office 
because I have to go back in the office, not because I have to do it to be effective at my job, then, then I don't want to do this. And so flexibility is, has been our biggest differentiator. It's been one of the ways we've been able to retain talent. And it's also been a way that we've been able to attract talent. And then I think the other piece is around wellness. People have held us to the carpet on all the things that have going on, whether it's, you know, kind of the, the, the racial uproar that happened in the summer of 2020 to the political challenges that happened through fall and then early this year, people are, are holding us accountable to say, what resources do you have? What is HPP's take on all the things that are happening, not just in the four walls of the healthcare community, but in the world? And so we've been forced to pivot a bit and again, offer more than EAP, really talk about mental wellness, have a culture council to talk about some of those tougher culturally sensitive conversations and creating safe space for people. And so it's it's those two things that I've seen in, the, in, in high demand and will continue to be because now it's like, okay, what's next? What are you doing for 2022 and how are you staying connected? One thing I'm hearing kind of th- like the thread through through both of those key themes that you're seeing emerge, flexibility as well as wellness, is listening, that, that you really leaned into that employee listening strategy and said, we're going to we're going to get in there and hear what people are saying. And uh, I commend you for that, because it's not always easy to open those doors and, and really create the channels. But in doing so, you're you're likely getting ahead of where other companies perhaps are today. For sure. And it hasn't all been rainbows and sunshine, right? I think sometimes people, companies are hesitant to ask the question because they're like, well, what if we can't do something that somebody requests? Or what if we don't want to go down that path? And it's like, you're just gathering feedback and just being transparent about here's what we can do, here's what we're working on, and here's what we haven't really figured out yet. And I think just that transparent communication has gone a long way too. We certainly don't have all the answers. Let's dream big for a moment. Okay. You can snap your fingers and whatever this thing is, let's let's say it's real. Um, what what would you personally want to see change right now about work and life or work life? Mm-hmm. I think flexible scheduling is big. And I think when people say flexible scheduling, it's more than just oh, I can work from home or I can work in the office. I mean, flexible scheduling to the point of, I'd love to be able to work a four-day work week, personally, right? I love as a mom of two, soon to be four, um, who runs fast and hard and works, you know, 10-hour days when I am on, sometimes 12-hour days. I'd love to be able to say, I don't work on Fridays or, you know what, to, to accommodate other folks on my team, maybe I don't work on Fridays the month of November and then I don't work on Thursdays the month of December. I would love to have a day off during the week. And I think the more progressive companies have moved to that to say that, you know, ultimately you can be quite efficient, if not more efficient in a four day work week, right? Most people are procrastinating and kind of skating in. I joke all the time that, you know, I look on my Skype for business on a Friday afternoon at one o'clock everyone is yellow and away from their desk, right? (laughs) So I just, I think just kind of, you know, meeting people where they are and stopping all of this, like, oh gosh, there's this anxiety, like just saying, hey, this is what I want my schedule to look like. I am more efficient and effective when I can work 12 hour days or 10 hour days that works for me and my family. I prefer to start at 10 o'clock and go until seven o'clock because that also works for my family. And so I think we've taken the first step of that in just the flexibility of working from home versus working in the office. But I think the next phase 
for me is really having that flexibility and also not signing a contract that's going to last a year where it's like, okay, once you say you're working Monday through Thursday, that's it for the year. Like, I want to have the flexibility to say, I'm going to try this for a quarter. And then you know what? Next quarter, I may work five days a week because there's a lot going on. We've got a big business transition or I've got some changes on my team. But having that flexibility to, again, integrate work and life it'll, I think the engagement will be there, the motivation will be there. And I think, you know, similarly, the, the retention will certainly be there. Kat, I think, you know, I agree with this uh, approach and that ability to have choices there. I promise to all the listeners out there, I did not tell Kat to say that <laughs> beforehand, but this is certainly something that Luna facilitates in terms of technology, just thinking about things change what you want and you might want a four day work week for a period of time. And like you said, then it might be that you want a different day or you want to go to a back to a five day work week for some reason that circumstances might change for individuals. And so I, I love to hear that that would be your priority, just letting people get really specific about what's going to work for them. Yeah. I also was reflecting on, on, on the 40 hour work week earlier today. And one thing I was thinking about is that 40-hour work week was constructed before all the technology that we had access to. We weren't working on computers. We didn't have phones. We didn't have right. video meetings. We, yet we've kept the same number of hours while our productivity levels have increased significantly. So yes. what would happen if, if we went to 32? And, and like you said, the data is showing that reduced hours doesn't necessarily equate to reduced productivity. In fact, and oftentimes right. it's showing the opposite. So yeah, I, I think I, that's huge. I, and I think yeah. it's the flexibility on all fronts, right? It's the schedule. It's the, even, you know, we were, I had this conversation the other day that the concept of having like a vacation bank and a sick bank, and it's like, just give people PTO and, and be on the honor system. Like, yeah. you know, the best companies I've worked at DeVita, right? They're just like, take time when you need to take time. And, right. you know, we, you're adults. And, and so I think even rethinking that is important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So as far as fresh takes go, thinking about freedom, resourcefulness, empathy, simplicity, and happiness, which of those values do you see as most pressing right now as we think about the future of work and that evolving employer-employee dynamic? Yeah, I'd say freedom and happiness, right? I think they go hand in hand. I think freedom first and foremost, right? I think it's having the empathy to allow people to be free in their schedule, to be free to go pick up their kids, to be free to take parental leave, to be free to, you know, just, you know, take time as they need to and work in a way that works for them. Um, I think that's huge. And I've seen that even in my own personal leadership style that, you know, my teams tend to thrive because I allow them to work. I meet them where they are. You want to be, you know, you want to wake up early in the morning, great, go for it. You want to take on a special project and work through the weekend, go for it. You need to take off time to, you know, babysit your dog, do it, right? So I think that is very important. People are very sensitive to, I don't want to be chained to my desk. I don't want to feel like I'm living on Zoom calls, right? Because that's the new chain to the desk, right? Even though we're working from home, companies need to be very sensitive that it doesn't necessarily mean that their work-life balance has increased, right? It, oftentimes we're hearing that, well, now, Kat, I'm on calls from eight to eight. Instead of being in the office from eight to eight, I'm sitting in front of a computer. 
and the freedom to really work where they want to. You know, I tell my team all the time, you don't have to be on the Zoom. Go take a walk. If you want to dial in from your phone because you're you're taking a sunshine break and you're walking around the block and that's the way you want to work, do it. And so I think that's really important. And then that leads to the happiness, which leads to the, the engagement and, and the longevity. Yeah, I love it. I, I, I also think it leads into our next question, which is about managing and leading people in the months ahead. And you, you just spoke to one really actionable way to do that, which is, hey, turn off the Zoom, go take the walk, go outside. You can still listen and be engaged in the call. In fact, you might even have that spark of inspiration that leads to a better contribution to the meeting in the first place. What else would you recommend yeah. to, to leaders right now? Yeah, I, I think it's got to be personal. You've got to go, it goes back to what I said in the beginning, right? So what's the future of work? It's personalized and it's authentic. It is not one size fits all. You've got to know your people. And I also think we've got to get away from some of these new norms that we're creating in the workplace where I know we fell into that trap early on. And, and I was actually guilty of it to say, if you're on a Zoom call, we want your camera on. We want you to engage as if you were in the office, because if you were in the office, we'd be seeing you. And, and after, you know, 18 months of doing that, you start to realize like some people just work better with their camera off or maybe they're having a bad day and they're like, Kat, I'm still engaged and connected, but how dare you assume that I'm not engaged and connected because my camera's off. Mm -hmm. And so I think just having those touch points with your teams one-on-one -on -one to say, what worked for you this year? What didn't? It's a great time for reflection. I love Q4 because you can literally just say not only yeah. like, here's how you did against your KPIs, which I think most of us are having those performance conversations, but also what worked but didn't? What do you need from me? What does, you know, in a perfect world, I loved your question, you know, in your dream world, let's dream big. What does 2022 look like for you? How can I help you show up for your family differently? Like you've got to get vulnerable. And I, and I think if you're not willing to have those personalized conversations, you're you're not going to stay connected to your people. And it's not a one size fits all. It can't be, well, this is going to be our department policy. It needs to be a bit more, more flexible. I think policies really, they serve a purpose, of course. They're, they're, it, it helps create structure and some guidelines. But I think it's also created this system of managers being fearful that mm -hmm. if they deviate from some structure, they will somehow become a bad manager or yes. they will somehow you know be asked why so and so wasn't why their light wasn't green on TV yes. today yep. or or even they themselves may assume that their people aren't working enough because i you know i was in the office 40 hours a week so mm -hmm. if you're not there i don't know that you're actually doing the job do you have yeah. any other recommendations about, you know, we talked about the compressed work week, which I love if we move. And, and in my mind, when we really move in that direction, how can leaders think differently about not time, but more the, the outcomes? Yeah, I think it's starting to get clear on the goals, right? So I, I have conversations with leaders all the time who call me like, oh my gosh, you know, Kat's not working hard enough, or I'm concerned about where Kat is. It's like, okay, we'll, we'll tie it back to a goal. Is she not accomplishing her work? Did she miss a deadline? Is there something tangible that you can tie it back to? And so I think it starts with goals. And that's why I think, you know, the beginning part of the year is great. Like these are the goals that you need to accomplish this year. We're going to meet monthly to, to monitor them. We're going to meet quarterly to monitor them. And then you give them free reign to accomplish the goals in any manner that they see fit. If they can accomplish those goals by working 32 hours a week, 
great. If they can accomplish those goals by taking some extended time off, awesome, right? But focusing it on the goals, not the how, right? You know, empowering them to dictate the how, obviously, with your coaching, I think is, is a big thing. And then the other thing that I would challenge leaders to do is, you know, I'm in human resources and have been for over 15 years. I love when leaders come to me and challenge a policy and say, Kat, this doesn't work for my team anymore. Or Kat, I want to talk to you about it because we put this policy in place in 2015. It's 2021. And we sit down and talk about it. I don't know the answers, but it doesn't feel right. Feel free to bring those concerns up to your HR department. We're not, we're not the police, right? You know, <laughs> I, I think in some companies, people may argue with me, but it's a collaborative process. The policies are there to serve the people. And so if they're not no longer serving the people, then it's probably the right time to at least look at them and say, where do we need to tweak them? We've tweaked many of our policies that were outdated that just don't work for our work environment right now. They just don't. And so if you feel like, you know, if you're in that space of, well, I don't want to violate the policy, ask yourself like, well, is this the right policy to be considering anyway? Or is there a different way to look at it that we should, you know, escalate and have a conversation? Like step into your leadership. Don't, don't be a victim to it. That's great. See something, say something. And, and I think what you're what you're talking about, again, is the listening and that culture of let's let's continue to find those better ways of examining the current day and yeah. what is needed for for the people to deliver work in the best possible way. And I think our HR leaders need to be open to that. Right. Because I think that's the other thing. We're being held to a different level of accountability where it can't just be, well, we scrubbed it off the SHRM website and that's it. And SHRM's an excellent resource, but you have to really think about, okay, how does this apply to my business? And think like a business person, um, you know, and pull in your resources as, as needed and not be so, you know, contain and control, um, which I, I think some of us, you know, we, we've all been guilty of. It can it can be easy to fall into that, especially in times of crisis and chaos, which everyone's been living in. So it's understandable, but I think a good challenge to the HR community for sure. Final question for you. Okay. What what is one company that you admire for their fresh take? That's looking at things differently. Yeah, so I, I think on a small scale, of course, I could name the Googles and uh, you know the Davidas of the world. Some of them I've worked with, but from a local perspective, it's actually Vault Communications. They are a small boutique marketing firm um, that we actually utilize um, as one of our partners here at HPP, and it's a woman-owned business. And and I just I really admire the fact that they've employed most of these tactics, right? So they have a flexible work environment. Um, they have found a really cool way because the other pieces, it's one thing to say everyone can work from home. It's another thing to really still create and maintain that culture. And that's why a lot of companies are hesitant to keep this work from home up because they're like, well, how do you keep the culture alive? We've got to be able to have the parties in the office and the rah-rah and the face-to-face -face and be in the war room. And, and they don't realize that both can be true. And Vault's done a really nice job of bringing that culture to life via Zoom. They do happy hours. They send home swag bags. They just did this really cool Halloween party. And so they have found ways to connect now, albeit they're a much smaller firm, but it's still, I mean, you can apply it to anything. It's just, it, it shows that they have intentionality, which you can tell. Culture and fun are a priority. They did not allow Zoom to stand in the way. And they've allowed people to show up as people. 
right? And to really bring their full selves to work and accommodate them in any space that they're in. And so I love it because it's great for working moms. It's great for, you know, women without children. It's great for students. And I just, I see them cultivate that. And, and I, I really, I admire it. And I often find myself like, oh, that's a good idea. Um, and so I, I really think they're leading the charge locally here. Great job, Vault Communications, on your fresh take. I love it. Kat, thank you so much for being here and sharing your perspectives. It's always so incredible to chat with you, and, and I really appreciate you taking the time to be here. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. I love the topic. For everybody else listening, thank you for tuning in, and don't forget to stay fresh.